0: Hey up me ducks, Uh, welcome to episode four of the Forever Forest podcast. I'm Freebs and today for this slightly different show, we're set to discuss all things bear, Picking up a point and the small matter of the transfer window slamming shut. Helping me hoist the sails and man the rigging on the good ship Forever Forest are a man who many have tried to find the right words to use to describe for what must be three years, seven months and 24 days now. He goes by many names, the soothsayer, the old wise shrew, the Penny Gant Penny Whistle, Chad, the Twinkie Grabber, JF873P1, and memorably, Wet Silk. But tonight we're going with his wrestling name. It's Mr. Dan White. Hi,
1: Dan. How are you doing? My my silk is very much dried out now. I'm, I'm oh, I've
0: got to be honest with you for years I what it's called, a band, Wet Silk. I just like, Good evening, we're Wet Silk. Anyway, uh, joining Wet Silk and I is a woman so powerful and so skilled at kicking a football that she has to tell the Met and the London Fire Departments whenever she's going out for a walk near any combustible buildings or material. It's been measured by actual scientists with white coats and test tubes and swabs and machines and shit. And she can kick a standard size five leather football over 356 miles per hour due to her flaming right peg that was blessed by Methuselah, son of Enoch. It's Holly Royal. Hi there, Holly.
2: I'm on fire. Evening, Freebs. How are you doing? You're left footed. No, I'm actually Right.
0: Get in there. Should have asked that before and it would have sounded but For those of you still with the podcast, hello. Uh, welcome. We're back for episode four. It feels weird because we've had more games than that. Um, just overall sort of maintenance first. How is everyone? How are you, Holly?
2: Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, Boyed up by... Uh... By Saturday, somewhat because I thought it was going to be a, a bit of a trouncing. But uh, yeah, although the weather's been absolutely appalling, hasn't it? But that's such a cliche talking about the weather. Maybe we but, should do
0: a weather watch every week. How it? Yeah. It looks very sunny in Nottingham, where you are in the background you've got there.
2: <laughs> well, call me Wincy Willis. But um, no, in uh, that's in nice.
0: stretch- That's a nice modern reference. On, on <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's during our age there, aren't we? Yeah. I knew um Yeah, it's not too bad, not too bad.
0: Brilliant. And Dan, how is the US of A? And see, they've got clippers there
1: at the moment. Clippers? Yeah. hair. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant the basketball team. No, no. Sorry. Was, they, they're, they're still here as well. Yeah. No, it's my once yearly, sh- 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 what do you call it? Shearing. That's the word. I'm yeah, it
0: for. seems like they've taken part of the frontal cortex. <laughs> uh, she- she- shearing. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry about anyone who has lost a piece of their brain. Uh, anyway, we're going to start, um, really, this is going to be a bit different. We haven't got a mystery guest this well. I tell a lie. Uh, all I'll say to you is he's known as Stanley Victor. I'll speak to you later on. Uh, I'm joking, Stan Colymore. See Holly's face. Stan Collymore is not joining us this week. Um, Brian Roy is. No, I'm joking. It's Methuselah. Uh but no, we're gonna go through some questions first of all about the game against Derby County on the week. It's the first time I think I've ever said their name properly. Someone is something really horrendous. And then we're gonna talk a little bit about um the breakdown that is the transfer window so without further ado um in no way prepped at all uh dan we'll talk about saturday and the reds visit to the sheep pen simple question really although it doesn't seem simple when i'm reading it out did it feel like a point gained to not gone for a fair result happy sad what's the
1: aftertaste i think it depends when you'd have asked me to be honest um now beforehand would have taken a well yeah now all right (laughs) come back to me in in half an hour um I would have taken a point beforehand, I think, which um, in itself is a sad indictment of where we are, given the mess that they're in down the road, to be honest. So probably the team that everyone in the league was laughing at saying they were going to finish bottom with no squad. We were going into a game saying "Mm, point would be a good result. Um, And at half time, I would have bitten your hand off for a point, to be honest. I think the first half was pretty dire by the end of it. Uh, probably a fair result, I think, but I don't want to get carried away that we played 30 minutes of football that was half decent for the first time this season and think that that equates to three points. So we're probably on the luckier side, to be honest, and I and I would have taken it. So, yeah, I think we would have, uh, three points might have flattered us somewhat.
0: Yeah, I do, you know, there's a point in it where I think it was around 65, something that seems quite specific. But I I tweeted something about, I, I just don't see what's going on. I felt like we looked like we were never going to score. I just felt there was no threat. We looked like we we're two lazy strikers. And then I like read Lisa's tweets. It was like that was a brilliant second half of football. And I started wondering if that's something that happens to a lot of people where you actually, as much as you can over egg how good things are at times, you can miss the good stuff because you're so used to the dross. Because I'm, I'm with you. It was a, you can go you know, a bit more about that. It was a pretty poor first half and it, it, we did look lacking.
1: Yeah, I think the first half was pretty much a reflection of the season to that point, right? I think it, it just reflected a style that we played. And, and yeah, you, you get caught up with these things, right? Because I think as soon, especially if you're on Twitter, we, we should talk about Twitter less, I guess. But it, it's the connection for most of us into into a lot of people that talk Forest, But... Um, you know, Yates passing backwards, Carvalho starting, not starting, bong left back, all of these big kind of headline. They're like the headline stories of a soap opera. And you just look for those and you look past all the other stuff that's happening. But in fairness, I think the first half was pretty bad. Um, and I've seen us get beaten a few times at Derby and their crowd in the first half was kind of dominating the, the chanting. And it just felt like one of those days, first half, um, and then second half, uh, we can we can probably get into it deeper, and and uh, Holly will certainly have things to say on it. But I did feel that the reason we started to look better was more to do with the changes that were made, both in personnel and in shape, if you like, and and anything else than just suddenly something twigged. Um, which I think is a, is a is a good sign because it shows that if we do things differently, we might get different outcomes. Surprise, surprise.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely come to that because I'm gonna you know gone about how much of that was down to. You know, no one's allowed us to give the manager any praise these days and stuff like that, but we will definitely come to that. Uh, Holly, yours is a similar thing, really. Um, how did you see Saturday overall? Did it uh, feel good denying them or a bit of a hollow feeling that, you know, even if we were 10% better, that, you know, we probably could have turned them? Because as Dan was saying, pre season, that's that we're going to annihilate them, aren't we?
2: Yeah. I mean, to sum it up, I think it was, you know, two bang average teams battling it out. And at the end, we somehow went home with the trophy again. Um,
0: Yes, well mentioned. We um, uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I think they were probably absolutely, you know, chomping at the bit to uh, to uh, meet us at, at this point in time, um, especially with the narrative before the match of, you know, kick the wounded animal while they're... Oh, they were going to relegate
0: us. I think they were going to win the league
2: and relegate us on Saturday. Yeah, all, all in one fell swo- swoop. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and also see and uh, sacked at the same time as well. So it gives me immense satisfaction that we kind of changed that narrative and... Um, and know, relieved that we came around, came back with a point, um, came back into the game and grabbed a point, shall I say, and uh, pissed on their bonfire. So, uh, I mean, when Lawrence scored that goal really early on, I thought we were in for a spanking, to be honest. So mm. uh, I was quite relieved that it didn't go down that route. But, um, you know, they still haven't beaten us four years. Um, and, you know, they should have done really a time when we're rock bottom of the championship. So you've got to take a positive in that, I think. But, I mean, there was a few like it was Graben's little flick, uh, that chance that Lyle Taylor had really early on where he should have really squared it to Zinconac or maybe chip the keeper. You know, we did have a few opportunities that we could have put a few away, but then so did they. So I think, you know, it was say, just a, it was a typical sort of game of two halves really, wasn't it? It was, I think yeah. it was a fair result in the end. I think probably it probably
0: was a fair result, but I, I think especially, I think a lot of Derbyshire thought the same as you when they scored early. And mm-hmm. that was overall my feeling. You know, like I, I think I said, I've been somebody about it with the Euros that win or lose, whatever happened with England and Italy, I would have probably it wouldn't have sunk in for a while after. And I think it was when they mm. played the Charity Shield at Wembley. I thought like, fucking hell, we lost the final. It kind of hit me then. Mm. And it was a little bit <clears throat> bit a bit the same with this game, really, in a way. Well, not quite the same. <laughs> it's just can't really compare the two. But it was just the feeling that straight after it, I was just grinning. I was just like, Yeah. Because I and I think it was because I probably felt the same as people of Derbyshire I was like we're going to lose yeah. to them and it's just going to be more of that do you know what it's the added thing I'm thinking I'm going to hear more people on Twitter oh, and I know I can delete Twitter but I don't want to but, but that's the minute.
2: thing it's like if we're going to get beat by Derby I want it to be the odd 1-0 you know like, I mean that, that time I'll never forget oh, I, I wasn't I wasn't at great. the game the 5-0 five five, no, absolute thrashing was just absolute humiliation and I think I was in a pub with my brother and load of randoms or whatever and i just wanted to crawl into a hole and die and and it was just absolute lowest step. so if, they, if those bloody bastards are going to beat us then you know let them do it in a really crap kind of goal yeah. off someone's backside kind of way and uh, not deserve it but yeah i so. think
0: i'm going to edit that clip where i just said i was in a bar with my brother and his mates and i should let crawl into a hole and die and, get rid of the whole spot and send it <laughs> <laughs> uh, no 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 I, th- I think it's you know overall that that game is like two, it's like the two nights in Monty Python, isn't it, where they've got no limbs left? Just it felt like that in lots of ways. But at the same time, which of those clubs looking forward looks like they could potentially have a better season with it? We're going to come to that with the transfers. I'd still say they're in a deep mire of shit, which I hope they remain in. Uh, and I do believe that Forest may see a bit more light. We shall see. We're going to come to that. Um, Dan, so this is kind of post Derby in a sense. How surprised are you that the manager's door still says Chris Hutton on it, even with the result?
1: Um, how surprised am I? I think given the result, probably not that surprised. I think it's... Too, I would, we, were it talking, was,
0: sorry, we were talking about even with a win, he could still, at one point...
1: Yeah, people were talking about that, but I just think that's a very hard thing to do. And I think, um, you know, we don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes, but you get the impression that if you're in as a new CEO and you're trying to build things, you really don't want to be doing that right. I think we have muscle memory reflex with the the old CEO or whether he's still the current CEO, no, who knows, but of of just doing it time after time. And I've got a feeling that there are certain patterns you do not want to start or carry on doing if you want to make a clean break. So maybe that was part of it. Um, Maybe as well, he just sees through all the bullshit, to be honest. And um, all of us moaning about various things and thinks, this guy's pretty good, right? For all his failings and articles written about him, about how he doesn't change his ways who else are we gonna get in, right? So it's all relative to what else you can do. So given that we look better in the second half, it didn't surprise me purely because of how close we were to transfer deadline day and the international break. Um, but had we one goal one goal difference Brennan Johnson hadn't scored I think it could have been a whole different story because no one comes out of a 1-0 loss to Derby saying didn't we look great in the second half isn't that an improvement you need the result to be able to have that narrative Um, and it just makes me think to be honest it's 14 months since uh, Chris Martin scored in the seventh minute of injury time and stopped us getting into the playoffs Um, and I do wonder in, in weird footballing circumstances, whether Brennan Johnson's goal, as many individual goals have between Forrest and Derby, I just wonder whether this is the goal that turns a corner, because that result going a different way, even with the same performance second half, I'm not sure we would be uh, sitting here with the same manager and necessarily the same business done or, or that kind of stuff.
0: You know what? You, you, Holly can blame you for this. Holly, the question I was going to ask you, I think, is actually shit. So I'm going to ask you it. I'm going to change it slightly because of what Dan said is it's, this is called reactory hosting. This is what you're meant to do. This is what Chris Evans does, and I, I think he's good at it. Um, the the point is regarding that is that Brennan and Johnson's goal and when it came and all that kind of business d- is that a corner turn? Because the big part of me that thought of this straight away when Dan said that was we then had. How long did we have? We had a little bit of time. Did you see Forrest go for them? Because in my head, I was going, we nail these now. We go for it. Is the fact that Forest didn't really do any of that a fact that potentially the corner isn't and we went straight back into a little shell again, straight after? Sorry for that.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Thinking on your feet is what it's all about. Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I think the, like the entirety of that first half and after the goal, I think we still kept, for me, that we kept the same kind of levels. I don't think they really looked like they were going to score again. I think if anybody was going to score, it was us.
0: But we didn't really um, do it, did we? I mean, did did it unless I've missed it completely the way I was looking at it? It's open to both of you, really, in a sense. Forrest, a lot of teams, if we were playing at the city ground there and we were one up and somebody had scored, you'd expect to be squeaky bummed for the end of that game, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, but that's kind of indicative of the way that um, you know, Chris Hutton set us up. The fact that he actually did go for it in those sort of final minutes. Um I think for me, that's the positive that I'm gonna take from it. And I think that's where like it's quite pivotal these next few games because this sort of post international break, it's kind of, he's at the ante now. He's actually changed it. He's gone for it. We scored. We've we've got a draw out of the game. He's obviously seen his strengths. He can see as well with these, you know, these new creative players that we've brought in and hopefully, you know, uh, re- reinforcements at the back that we can play in that way and we can push on now and we can get some more points and can go up the table. And so it's kind of like, it, it, very very I mean of course it is because he's the manager but it's very much the ball is in his court now stick or twist stay with that push on go for it playing some expense expansive you know attacking football get some points on the board or we're we just gonna you know be like tortoises with our heads back in again heads down and just carry on the way we are if we don't carry on and build on this then he's gonna lose his job isn't he um oh, yeah and, and I'd like to think that you know it would be Brennan Johnson's goal that would push us on. It's a nice little fairy tale story, really, isn't it? His, his parents are up apparently in the crowd, and we're absolutely buzzing as well. And you know, we staying at the club, which in itself is a massive bonus. He wants to play for Forest. These are all big positives. That fingers crossed, we can um, you know can move on with and, and move up and no, improve.
0: Dan, I kind of want you to come in on that a little bit because it's kind of your. I was kind of arguing with you in a sense, and I'm not. You know me. I I don't ever just try and do it to bait it, but and I know it's the end of that game rather than the games coming up with the new signings in. But do you know what I mean by that about the the corner of it? If if there was an overall gear shift from half time in that game, whatever it was, would you've liked seeing Forest go a bit more? or Do you think there's reasons that I'm missing why that did seem to be kind of the Forest we've seen at the start of the season straight after the goal?
1: Yeah, I think you're exactly right in, in the sense that I don't think once we got the goal, we necessarily pu- pu- pushed on as much as we could. But I think we have to pu- put it in relative terms. Yes, it's a one-off game against Derby and you'd love to see us going on win. But I think Chris Hutton is extremely pragmatic and very risk-averse. So he, we needed to get something. You, you can't come out of a, a game losing. So we, we then sat on a point And I think he sees a point away as a good point, wherever it is, whatever the game. And it, even if you look back to managers like Billy Davis, he was the absolute epitome of get win at home and don't lose away. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Houghton's managed to do that, but I can see where he was coming from. If, if we'd have been at home and we're in that situation and we got it back to 1-1, I would be answering this question differently and thinking that he hadn't done enough to push us on and get us a win. But away from home, I, I'll take the point at this, at this stage.
0: I've got a really funny feeling this is going to be one of those seasons where we're strangely better away from home. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. I want to see some... I'm actually quite nice to see England back. I saw some clips today of Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice. I was I'll like, oh, miss those guys. <laughs> uh, their, their brand of slightly more defensive football actually had a way of linking between the front and the back. I think we're going to probably come on to that a little bit more now and what we're moving on to. So uh, for those of you who... Um, I mean, like me, I kind of just escaped it last night. I didn't really watch anything kept off Twitter because I just had a feeling this kind of thing would happen. Uh, apparently it was kind of really good fun last night being on Twitter and this morning it looked like I'd been, there'd been a party going on and there was just wreckage everywhere regarding opinions. Uh, but also the mute button is becoming a really big friend of mine. My timeline is definitely a jollier place to be. Uh, and I even saw six messages in a row from people that all made really good sense. So uh, yeah, get in, get involved guys. Uh, Dan, we'll talk about the outgoings for the transfer window first with you. Uh, so Gabriel bitterly went off to Blackpool in the end, which I actually, I think I've got, you know, evidence was on here. So I thought we looked kind of out of his depth. So I'm kind of not too fussed about that. It's all very well saying he could have become Roberto Carlos or uh, I'm trying to think of a better right back. Who isn't actually a left back. Uh, Snaky Arter. Uh, off to Charlton and Da Costa has gone on another holiday to Cannes um you happy with that overall or, or is it the fact that we are reportedly still paying some wages these us to a bit of an annoyance or are we I mean, is that being nitpicky is it just good that we've got those sort of three out the door to be able to get some in
1: yeah I think exactly that um they're not going to play uh, I think the only one out of those that might have had a an opportunity when we we're in you know in pre-season was Da Costa because he was it was training with the first team and I think he featured a bit in the pre-season at Port Vale and a few others, Um, but he just doesn't quite seem to fit for whatever reason. He doesn't. I've not seen anything myself, but also it seems like Hughton hasn't seen anything. If he's willing to let him go, Um, so yeah, some wages off the books. I don't really care how much. You know, it could be a quid less than what we're paying now. I'd rather have the quid back than a than them sitting around and taking up space and effort and people's energy and trying to keep them in under 23 teams to keep them fit so they can be sold, et cetera. So they're out of the way, out of sight, out of mind. I'm happy with that in terms of Arthur and DaCosta that is. Um, And then I think Gabriel, It's a young player, right? So you, you don't want to... I don't know what it is. Ten years difference suddenly means you don't want to lay into him like you do with Harry Arter And no, maybe we should... Yeah, we'll get rid of that, mate. I
0: said to you, yeah. with, Bren, with Brennan and might like Mighton, you know, the first team players now, It's it's the he's one of our own thing. We'll only get you... Well, get gets you nowhere with me. But I can't, mate. I think you're bang on with what you're yeah. about to say.
1: Yeah, no. And, and it's not... I'm not... You've got to take all of this the right way, right? People, I think, lump in any negative criticism or any you know positive praise into like two black and white groups. Got nothing against the guy. I've never met him. I don't know him as a footballer for Forest. We've had yeah, we've had we've had many right backs play over the last twelve months, and he's probably been the worst I've seen. Um, and that's f- including Finn Back, and it's including you know others who have played this year. So for seven hundred grand or whatever we it is we got then you know i'm I'm quite happy with that to be honest i don't think you'll be missed
0: i think finbacks has been publicized being part of the reason why i think he's let that go as well although we've uh, found out tonight there's another <laughs> member of the right back brigade joining um holly we're gonna talk in comments, which obviously has changed a little bit since i i sort of wrote these really but um james garner max low already there pre-sheep uh now joined by here we go I'm going to get these wrong. Xander uh, Silva, I'm going for. Zande Silva from West Ham. Permanently as well, which is quite nice. It's, I must admit, this has been the bit that's made me go a bit like, yeah. Even though I've not seen a YouTube show reel, and I know next to nothing about most of these players, the permanent side of it, I've actually quite liked. Um, now, weirdly, either, I've done my Wikipedia thing wrong again, and it isn't actually Brian, and it's Brian. Ojeda or or Ojeda or whatever you want to call it let's see with what you guys go with uh, from Olympia in Paraguay Uh, Mohamed Draga or Draga uh, fullback from Olympiacos have we had a successful window or a much needed one or is it a bit underwhelming that's by the way that isn't my opinion at the end that's just trying to facilitate (laughs) some idiots
2: Um, well I think our main objective was to plug the positions that were in dire need of plugging so (laughs) strike exactly Um, I mean we (laughs) silver's a kind of forward winger to me the guy from west ham
0: i've got i i, I really i've got a lot of time for you but he's not a striker is he whole you no, know you're he, doing what I was i'm doing.
2: i'm what i'm trying to do is sort of mold him slightly yeah. trying to appease mate no it's not really working is it Are no? no, we a striker? Um, I'm, I'm quite excited about him apparently he was brilliant for sort of the west ham under 23s um don't really know that great that uh that much about him to be honest but um yeah so you know we've got our left back in Maxlow we've got our right back in well we've got two haven't we in uh, Drager and Spence um, yeah. Yeah. so don't know a great deal about them um, we've increased our attacking options in Ghana, who was obviously a really brilliant signing and fantastic that he actually wanted to come back and play for us there's a lot I think um, did you maybe... see him on Saturday by the way did I see him
0: <laughs> it felt really a long time to do but I was like James Ghana wasn't in that game much was he <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. I see what you,
2: that's exactly what you mean now um,
0: Carvalho and uh, Garner
2: good question I'm going
0: to throw that one at you mate but so overall so say so Draga again we we didn't we don't really know much of obviously there's people saying it stinks of the Cost stuff but at the end of the day um, are, are you overall happy with the holes that have been getting I mean we don't know much about them do we um, that's the thing
2: no I mean for me I want players that want to play for Nottingham Forest and will give 100% when they pull on the shirt you know um, not ones you know who's agent has had previous connections with the club and they've been coerced as we're sort of you know the only ones that will sign them for them to be sort of in the Nottingham Forest flag heap a year a year later down the line so I guess in that sense it, it's slightly underwhelming but saying that um whoever pulls on the Garibaldi you know I'll give them my full support and judging when they've uh when they finally kicked a ball, so... or oh, after they've kicked a ball, sorry. I mean, they, these aren't the champagne signings that a lot of people on Twitter um, are after, granted, but it's that old adage, isn't it, of what do people want? Do they want famous names, proven names? You know, I saw like Andy Carroll, uh, Jack Wilshire, um, Troy Deeney sort of banded around on Twitter. I mean, we kind of went, gone down that route before and it's not really worked out for us, so...
0: It's not Football Manager twenty twelve. I mean that that's <laughs> cracking signings back in the day. Um, yeah, I'm looking come at sure No Samba. Anyone who knows Football Manager back in the day, uh, you, yeah. I, I agree with you. Look, I mean when Arter and Taylor, I think last year were the two that stood out for me of yeah. going. Well, Arta put a goal past us. He's a great midfielder at this level. Taylor, mm-hmm. great goals for Charlton. You know, you want to thought. Uh, you know, Dan. I mean, I, I've got more. I'm going to go on. Actually, I'll pose it as a question, Dan. Then maybe you want to come in on the end of what Holly was saying there about these guys. Because I did give you the outgoings rather than the unknown new ones. Um, like me, I guess you don't probably know a lot about the new lads as much, but from what you found out or did know or felt we needed, do you think the squad now is enough to get getting its arse in gear and move up that table a bit?
1: I think the squad's good enough not to get relegated, right? Um, it doesn't
2: really, don't really <laughs> matter what
1: I think, but um, I, I feel like I've been gaslighted somewhat um, once again by the club because, if you know, and, and it's trust. I think it's all about trust. And when you look back at what Dame Murphy said, he said, yeah, eight and nine players in, get the wage bill down, get a younger average squad. So Forrest can sit there and say, well, we've done all of that, just like Nick Randall sat there the other day and said, oh, we've done those things. And then you look back and go, hang on a minute, you have, and I can't argue with that, but it's not really in the spirit of what we thought for some of it, right? And... It, it, proof will be, you know, once they're on the field and playing. And, and as Holly said, we, we, you know, we have to support them and that's the right thing to do. And I don't think there's, you know, there's no point in blaming any players for them ending up at Forest if it was for the wrong reasons. I think it just doesn't really pass the eye test for me at the moment. And I am hoping that that's, you know, that I'm proved wrong. But Thessaloniki were mentioned again. And, you know, Xander Silva's not so distant past. We've got a player in from Olympiakos on the last day. Yeah, not, I,
0: I'm, I'll be Nick Randall. I'll be sat here. I've just done my silence and stuff and I'll go, well, nah, I, you know, I'll give a toss. I told you we'd do that. And they, and there's Dane next to me. We said we'd go that we have. So you're not just being a picky, picky fan, or should he, you asked us when we quoted that of the level or the amount we'll be spending? Dan?
1: are you ever are you ever buying another player via Thessaloniki through some dodgy agent? We'll buy the players wherever alleged dodgy agents. Sorry, in
0: this, uh, we'll be buying them wherever it suits this this quality. I mean,
1: you know, yeah, completely. And I think Brilliant. the the thing is with that perception is reality, right? So perception on the field is the the actual reality, but perception before they get on the field when there's this void of any kind of match matches to see them play is that we've just signed two more players from in a style that we would have signed them last year so i'm hoping that either that's coincidental or it wasn't the ideal but that's where we went to when we ran out of a bit of time and i'd look like i would absolutely love for dame murphy to sit down and there's no reason why he can't just like the aston villa um, chap did after they sold grellish and be just completely honest because if every, everyone's singing from the same sheet there's no reason he can't sit down and do a three minute straight to camera thing and say look we were after these kind of players he doesn't have to name names and we got three or four of who we wanted and then we knew we couldn't go into the season without a couple extra so we were pragmatic and we brought another guy in who they're still great they're still at a level that will do the job this year you know and that's how this works great puts to bed any kind of like concerns people have people can choose to believe it People don't do that, then you get, you're going to get stories. And if we're signing players from Olympiakos, I don't blame anyone for thinking this is all a bit dodgy.
0: Because we've never—I mean, Kafu is, is an interesting point because I know people have gone, well, you know, he's—he's yeah, he's all right, you know, he's done okay. I remember somebody once—it was, I think it was to do with Fawaz, or maybe I used it with Fawaz about Saddam Hussein. I can't remember which way around it was, but the quote was, "The day you use Saddam Hussein as a moral barometer is a bad day." It's like oh, he wasn't as bad as Hitler. Oh, so, you know, and it's kind of a bit like that again with this, like with Cafu going, well, it was kind of in a in an all right Forest team that's going for it. Cafu does not get in the starting. He's not on the bench for me. And I've got nothing against him. His work ethic seems all right. I think in an interview, the best bit was where he's like, well, I don't normally play there. And, you know, at least he was a bit honest. We want that transparency. And I think the way that football is and the way that footballers are these days, and especially with the England squad over the summer, I think there is a world now we can be dealing with a lot more of that. And I think you've mentioned something before, Dan, that I agree with when we had the guys in from, was it Wigan and Germany? I actually got a bit excited about it. I know it's not like that we don't want to be Brentford in many ways, that it seems like that is kind of how football's going. And I was kind of excited if we're doing the analysis, you know, we're analyzing it and getting it. And can you really tell me that this was a lot of analyzing that went into doing it on the last fucking day? Or is it a bit like us at school where you go, I'm work? Cause that's what it always feels like. It feels if you're a good team, you got this shit done way before last night.
1: Completely. I think at the same time though, you know, we all, we will work and we all know how these things operate. It's probably somewhere in between, right? In my head. And this is complete, you know, assumption on my part, but we're trying something different. We've had a CEO who's been in the role for eight weeks and maybe it didn't work exactly how we wanted it to work in those eight weeks, given the results we've had. Um, to get the perfect window, that's fine. If someone just came out and said that and said, look, we tried something different, didn't quite work the first time around, but stick with us. Cause if we keep having windows that are progressively better and we've, you know, we've got backroom staff who are all, you know, aligned, then we'll get there and this season it's mid table and then we'll see where it takes us. Everything that's been said around the club. I don't think it's been said explicitly. And again, that's the kind of gaslighting thing is they seem to want promotion this year. I don't see how that's going to happen with the window
0: we've we're just had. Play- we missed the playoffs by two goals two seasons ago. And I think when you've seen the shit in the Fowaz era getting worse and worse, this is my view on it. Not that I believe this exactly, but I believe what the most fans see. Oh my God, we're in, the, we're in the playoffs since Christmas and we drop out the way we did. And then we need to get relegated. And this season, if you're doing that, I think there is part of it, which is a bit like we're up for promotion to you. I think it is the ghost of that seems to be swimming around again. It seems like a very... Because one thing to add there as well, Dan, is that it's all very well and good us saying why didn't they not do it by the last day, which I just said. Um, But what if other clubs are being a bit of a douchebag about it and going, well, we're going to wait. We might sell this play. You know what I mean? And if they came out with that, most fans would just be going, nah, you're just crap for us because they can't win. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what fans think, does it, really? Because it's what they can do or don't do. Sorry, Holly, you've got a really good question coming by the way. I'll just keep aiming this at Dan like I'm having an argument with him, but I'm not do you know what i mean dan is it like is they kind of damned if they do damned if they don't because if they don't come out and say it but if they do say it and it's the truth it's not truth people want to hear they shouldn't have said it
1: i think just tell the truth simple as that as far as i'm concerned if you've got i know i know it sounds cliche but if you've got nothing to hide and i look i I think i said similar last week on a slightly different subject they don't care what the fans think then it really doesn't matter and people can have whatever opinions they like Mm. and you know they'll they'll continue to do what they do and will continue to sell tickets for you know align with whatever league we're in and however much we're charging and that's that's fine we're the, cursed. Thing- we're the ones who are, we're cursed aren't we we're the ones who are staying till the end anyway well exactly um but if but if we are talking a load of bollocks and we are filling in voids of information with stuff that's just complete conspiracy theories I really don't see the issue in them just being a bit more open about it. I'm not asking them to, to sit down every week and tell them, tell me what they had for breakfast. But there was plenty of clubs yesterday that came out after the transfer window and sat down and had a press conference about the transfer window. Not about the next game, not about the manager on the Thursday before the Saturday game, but the CEO at the end of the transfer window just coming out and not having a staged kind of, you know, oh, ask me these four questions or whatever. It was, you know, just tell tell people what happened you don't need to name names, you don't need to t- quote numbers, just say yeah we went to Olympiakos and got a player because we were running out of time to get a right back and we know that what we've got isn't good enough in that area and that's what our manager has decided and that's what our team have decided and therefore that's what we went and did and that's what you know when we got someone who was good enough to fill the gap. Did we want that player at the beginning of the window? No, but that's who we've got now so let's get behind and there will still be a you know, part of the fan base that will say either that's lying or that they don't agree with it. Fine, but just put your cards on the table. No, I'm completely with that. And um Holly, you might want to come
0: in on the end of that with this one as well. So did I mean this is a kind of a I was trying to think about this question when I was putting it together, but it sounds a little bit cold with it in a sense, but did it really matter who we signed in some ways? Because how much of us being bottom is about the boss, how much is about the board and the general setup? Is there a is there an overriding ethos or sort of way that's running through the team as a as a thing that because I, I don't think I've ever seen a forest side that doesn't seem to connect from the back to the front. I'm, my favourite forest poet at the minute is Scott McKenna. I just And it's not even just because of recent performances. It's the end of last season. Last season, I just thought he, he looks so, so much better than the level we're playing at in lots of ways, and will be. So you've got him, you've got Joe Worrell back. You know, the core of a lot of what that is is great, is it so? I mean, are these new players actually going to make all that difference if Forrest are still playing? And this is not a huge and out thing. I, th- I thought he was toast, to be honest, and I thought I'd had enough of it. So, if you can find a question in those words I've just said, please answer it. <laughs> um, I
2: mean, going back to that point of you know, uh, us kind of signing um, proven quality players.
0: Um, and then then becoming, you know, kind of forgetting how to play once they're in NG2. Um, well, it's, I mean, do you, we
2: don't, we've we've tried it, but yeah.
0: what I will interject with is it's all different because it's almost going like I play that chord here now, D, mm-hmm. bang. But if I play it in that cave, it's going to sound different. So, yeah, it is a route that's the, the trouble is there's 91 other clubs that are, some of them are making the things we've done work and some of them are making other things work. Mm-hmm. So you copy them, but they're not in NG2. They're not. Do you know what I mean? There's so many variables that make all football clubs different and the expectations of fans, the size of the stadium, the ethos running through it, the history, that you can't just transfer one thing to the other. So going Dane Murphy was good at Barnsley isn't actually always a, a thing that's going to work. So I I kind of know what you were saying when you said you lost it. I think you, you were kind of getting to the point of we've tried that, we've done that. And how much mm-hmm. do you see of people going, we need to stop having those players. We need younger players. and we go for it. And people go, never heard of them. But we've
2: tried so many different options haven't we as well and none of them have really worked I mean when you were talking earlier about you know uh, just how players come and it's like well he's all right yeah he's okay he's all right it's kind of like it's just constant mediocrity isn't it that's how I'd sum up the last 20 years and why is that you know is that because us as Nottingham Forest Football Club because of our history and I mean I know this has been talked the arse out of before but that weight of expectation that we have on our shoulders. Um, when people, as soon as they step foot into the club, that expectation is everywhere. You know, it's on the walls, the European Cup, the the Miracle Men, everything. And Forest are a big club. It's the first thing every signing says, don't they? In their first interview, is they've come here because of the history, because of the size of the club, and that's brilliant, and it's something to be proud of. But I just think that weight of expectation absolutely just crushes us. And I think it's more. Expectation than a lot of clubs in our position have. I mean, rightfully so, if, if, if it's a kind of middle Premiership clubs like, I don't know, in Everton or a West Ham, they would expect us to strive for more, but they've been in the Premier League. Um, what have we done in the last 22 years? Nothing. Um, Pissed me off. Yeah, and it's the same conversation that we have over and over again, isn't it, about, you know, the old fans ex- maybe expect more because they've they've been there and they've seen it, but I think that it's got a lot to do with this expectation that as soon as they walk through those doors, it's just a whole kettle of fish and it's just been weighing us down for years and years and years. And the question is, how do we get out of that? Um, Because (laughs) being killed by your history, well, you can't rip up the history books, can you? So what do you do? Relocate to Milton Keynes. <laughs> yeah.
0: You'll just fucking give up right now. I mean, yeah. I said this on the radio the other day, because I think it's, I th- and I'd, I'm sure I didn't say it the pod, so I think it's okay to repeat it. And if I did, I'll go back and take this out. But Nottingham Forest Football Club, as it stands, when people go on about big clubs and stuff like this and do these ridiculous charts of top tier teams and all this kind of shit, are exactly where Brian Clough found Forest. They're a provincial kind of middle of the second flight football club who are not particularly looking like they're going anywhere. They're not particularly, you know, sort of just floating around. They're in a very, very hard league. You know, I live with a Gunner who's going, I keep saying to him, you're going down. You're going down. And I could see it. And I said to him, oh, you'd like the championship. Then I actually went to him. No, you wouldn't. It's a nightmare to get out of. And everyone's cup final would be them. We're not even that anymore. You know, when Mm. we came down in 92, 93, we were the cup final. You know, we're a big team. We're too good to go down. No, we're not. Forest aren't actually a big club at the minute. They've got a big history for a very small period in football if they think this club's what is it 150 years old and for those 20 odd years they were glorious now add that that you've got fans right now whose best ever day out was probably Leeds at home you know mm-hmm. you've got people whose best day out was winning European cups and you've got people like me whose best days out were kind of Wembley trip that you lost to Man United or bought, seen us in Europe against Bayern Munich I'm that kind of you know Collingmore era is my my pomp Mix all that together, no wonder we argue all the time. Because you've got someone going, I remember when we were really crap, and then we won Europe. And I'm some I don't remember anything. And I prefer like baseball, you know, it's like it's understand we are a really weird club in that. It's not like we're a club like York. I should think that's been fairly standard across the way. I'm sorry if York fans What? why the fuck are you listening to this for a kickoff? If you're a York fan. But do you know i mean that that's kind of where all this sits and i think that's the reason because i I often think we all want the same thing why do we argue so much or is it just because people some people are tossers and some people are lovely and i you know it it really frustrates me because we all go to this church and want the same thing no but you know but i don't know dan help me out with this really long ramble (laughs) So, so
1: maybe maybe just a couple of points so just on the history thing um we make it sound as though that's external, and like and I'm as I'm guilty of it anyone. you can go you, you know living abroad myself, you bump into people. I was playing football last night, actually, and I was, a new guy turned up Stoke City supporter, 60- year-old Stoke City supporter it gave me an absolute beating in midfield, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, Forest fan, blah, blah blah." Didn't actually mention the European Cups, but anyway people know Forest mainly for that. Um, we kind of think that everyone thinks we're big, but they don't think we're big. They think about us the same way we think about Ipswich Town. Ipswich Town came runners-up in the league twice, won the FA Cup and won the European Cup in a similar period of time that we did. I don't think Ipswich Town is special at all. And I don't think many other people do. I think we put our um, opinions on other people and think they think we're big and it's their FA Cup final. I don't think people have thought that for a long time, honestly. A long,
0: long time. no, I think, it was the last time I really saw it, where it was the, we used to say European Cup winning Forest versus Yeovil. I've not yeah. seen the championship
1: yeah, and that's the wayne Rooney thing right um Wayne Rooney's derby county it was it was the reason that we could we were on the sky so much um and people it's easy right it's an easy kind of thing to say, and it it fills the gap um so on that, I think it's all self inflicted to a degree. I don't think there's pressure externally at all, and I think it's it's all on us just just going back to where we are at the moment very quickly on the on the transfer front um we're talking about the different i think this start we're talking about the different styles of of recruitment if you like i genuinely think we are trying to do something different and i i think it's less about the the choosing to do something different more about whether we've been successful in trying to do it in this window or not that said even even if we are trying to do the right thing I have got absolutely no problem with anyone slating what we've done. And the reason I've got no problem with it is I I was trying to write this down and then I found a tweet last night that summed up perfectly what I was thinking. So if you don't mind, I'll just quickly read it out. And it's from Richard Ross. Don't know who that is, but someone really well-educated on Forest Matters. Um, Lots of noise in this thread about fickle fans and negativity. The overwhelming evidence of the last 20 plus years is that our transfer policy has been a complete shambles. Being uh, skeptical of these signings is the only rational position to take until they prove otherwise buying raffle tickets so you get that warm fuzzy feeling that you're a true fan doesn't make one jot of difference to the outcomes on the pitch and I think that summed it up pretty nicely because we can talk about what we think about these signings and we can say oh we think they're great we can think they're awful they'll be what they'll be right and as fans we can say we have a bit of an influence through booing them or whatever fine they will be them what they will be and anyone who's sat there thinking that they are brilliant I have no idea where they've got that from anyone who's thinking they're all useless is just scarred by 20 years of us signing useless players. So I think there's no right or wrong at this point. And the only opinion, the only thing that becomes relevant is, is how well they play and, you know, who are we to sit here and say, they're going to be great or awful other than the fact that, you know, they've traditionally been awful. So,
0: <laughs> But its I think it's, it's that thing I said to you guys on the group, which, and this, again, for you, actually, I can't be asked to even try to defend it with the Carvalho thing. I'm just mentioning one person that was in it. Somebody's put uh, something similar to all of you judging these players because of stats not being good enough before we've seen them play, but yet you still want Carvalho to play because they're on stats, you know, all in Almira and stuff like that. At the end of the day, realistically, statistics are, what is it, made up 17.5% of the time? stats are made up on the spot and it's you know i know football statistics don't often lie um because that that might be the thing we'll do for next the next episode name me the forest player you've loved most who came out of absolutely nowhere and everyone or everyone thought was shit in fact maybe that's one for anyone listening you can uh, comment on this and say name me the last forest player you remember who was an absolute superstar somewhere else and was great for us i'm thinking probably pierre comes straight to mind um there has been them since i'm sure. But also, can you name us those Forest players who, nowadays, everyone on Twitter would have gone, who the fuck is that? And then they were awesome. That's that's my little thing. I'm not going to throw it on YouTube today, because I've got a few questions off Twitter to fire at you, which I you know is a dark and dangerous place to dwell sometimes. And one of these deserves the content that it's written with, I think. Um, to either of you, whoever answers first, does it annoy you guys how quick so much of our fan base writes off new signings, even before we've had a chance to see what they can do from Owen Bailey at City Ground? I think you more or less answered that one, haven't you, Dan?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll take that very quickly and and on on the subject, but no, it doesn't annoy me at all. They've got every right to write anyone off because we've had 80 players now over the last four years. And we could probably name on one hand how many of those are still here worth keeping. You know, Scott McKenna, you've got to give credit to the ones that have been good. But at the same time, if your hit rate is five out of 80 overall, you're not in a good place. So I have absolutely no issue with people taking that opinion i just hope me as one of them in certain cases is proved massively wrong i don't think anyone with those opinions seriously as much as people put it on twitter want forest to do badly they're yeah. just frustrated at the situation and no one i don't think we have a um an issue if three or four of them turn out to be very good and we push on and finish top 10 this year i think that will be seen as a success um but i think just people don't see it and i can completely understand why they don't see it
0: Whoever signed Scott McKenna, that person needs, unless it was they were trying to sign Paul McKenna again and got it wrong. Uh, Holly, you've got a cracking one here. This is from at flashy1272. Do you think we'll get promoted straight back up to the championship next season? (laughs)
2: Oh, no.
0: Thank you. You can just say yes or no (laughs) with these. I mean, some of these. Then I've realised someone's put was it offside. Then I've realised it was something to do with Simon Cox signing a football, and it wasn't actually to do with us. Uh, Another. I'm going to give you another one here, Holly. As well, is it acceptable that we haven't signed a striker when we know what's been a weakness for months? Surely we should have picked up promising strike from League One at least. That's from oh my god at David Joe two five one nine seven six seven seven. Dave, seriously, mate. Call yourself the, the Flying Fluff or something, because that's uh, that's a long old name. So, yeah, striker, we've gone on a little bit. Are you a bit worried about just Lyle and Holder?
2: Um, no, because no, for me, I think it's more about the service that they're given. Um, I think Graven's lost his legs a little bit, but I think there's still, uh, you know, a poacher in there. Uh, definitely. He's, he's still class for me. He definitely. I'm still glad he's at the club. Strikers are really difficult to sign. Um, everybody's after, you know, a twenty-goal, oh, a season striker. So um, it, they don't come by that, that that easily, do they? So it doesn't surprise me, to be honest. And I'd rather we didn't sign. We kept with who we got, um, push on, get some momentum, than sign some absolute dross that just couldn't kick a bag of wind. You know, um, not naming any names, but yeah, I, I'm not desperately worried, put it that way.
0: No, that makes complete sense. In fact, as well, can anyone listen here? You want to get involved and tell us what your credentials are for playing for Forest up front. I once scored four goals away at Bassingham Buglehorn. And uh, I think uh, my friend Scott scored a few as well. It said Scott blows the horn in the local newspaper, which is kind of hilarious. Um, you can email us at foreverforestpod at gmail.com or get in touch with us via Twitter, which I'm sure you know what that is. Otherwise, you probably won't be listening to this. I want to know your reasons for why you should be uh, signed by Forest as a free agent, and what your stats are. It's a bit like when a job comes up like Newcastle in real life and people send in their football manager stats. I think it's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, uh, Holly, have you got a claim for any position in the Forest team? and what are your what things you've done in the game to get those positions
2: oh gosh what like a potted history yeah
0: um, what's your best achievement in football if I'm sat here with Nick Randall going let's sign Holly up
2: uh, right back um, right
0: how many legs have you broke uh,
2: 17 um, I was absolutely dreadful header of the ball so yeah it was quite a disaster but I quite like bobbing up and down the right and uh, in. decent right foot on me so uh,
1: Dan uh, your glory moment um, I've been to Greece on holiday, and I really like money.
0: <laughs> you slag, uh, I love it. So uh, it's quiz time, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, at this point, I'm going to pause and hope that I've written a song by this point, and it goes like this. What time is it? It's time to do the quiz. Lisa will hate it, but it is what it is. It's time for the quiz. How are they going to do with this quiz time? Q-U-I-Z quiz. Okay, so the quiz this week, I actually haven't just done a general knowledge quiz from, you know, the Times or something like I did last week. It's it's the classic, how many can you name? Okay, guys? And I've kind of gone on the basis... I never remember actually how old you are, Dan, but I think the way the certain shirts and stuff that I know you were collecting, I think you're a similar vintage to Holly and I. I'm sorry, Holly. <laughs> Aren't you older than me, you bastard? Oh, uh, no. But anyway, um, so I'm going to name you three squads that you should know. I'm going to give you how many players were in that squad, and I just want you to say how many you think you could name. And then after that, you... <laughs> okay thanks mate you just put his age up on the thing I thought it was how many he was going to name us because there's 28 players in this first squad why have you put that number um you look good for 52 so the first squad is the Nottingham Forest squad from 1993-94 the year we got promoted back to the Premier League and there's 28 players we used um it's funny how these different squads look to each other, actually, when you start going through them. So, 28 players. I'm happy for you to... I mean, obviously, no one likes a bit of dead air, so that's hopefully why there's some music playing behind this while the time it goes live. Um, I will start with you, Dan. Um, how many of the 28... League, champion, was it championship then, or was it the league one or was it division one division one how many of the division one squad of the 28 do you think you can name
1: oh this is a difficult one it's not Um, (laughs) yeah i get get it mixed up with who we then signed going back up and who came in that year so how many of the squad oh it's tactical as well i don't want holly to call me out on this i'm gonna go
0: this is it i'm gonna swap them each time so you'll get different and then it's a weird quiz this because there's three of these and there's five clips so really there's eight rounds so it could be a 4 all draw so anyway
1: whatever all right i'm gonna say I'm going to go 11.
0: You could easily name 11. Okay. Holly, are you going to go higher than 11? There's 28 of them.
2: See, I'm similar to Dan here. I feel like I should know more, but.
0: You know full well when I read them out, you're going to know 26, aren't you? I think you're. I'm going to absolutely
2: be kicking myself. I know that. I've got to be honest
0: with you. And I was pretty obsessed around this time with squad and everything. There is one of them, I would have got 27 in terms of names i've heard of whether i'd have named 27 is a different thing yeah
2: i'm really not confident with this i'm gonna
0: 11's go t- really weak i mean
2: i know but i'm gonna to have to go 12.
0: thank you dan has she edged you over to the 13. oh do i
1: get how many times do we oh, get? Yeah. back
0: yeah no that's it mate we could go like this until you push each other up to 27 or 20. <laughs> So that's why the gambit is always an interesting but place.
1: Th- but then this is going to go so I need to make a big jump, don't I? Otherwise this is this is going to go on all day. Um, no,
0: I don't know. I don't I'm I'm and really right. didn't go bravely into 12. I don't know, 14. Oh you fucker. Holy, <laughs> 15. You'd shock me if you went 15 now. I think you're going to say name him. Or are you feeling shocking tonight?
2: I want to be confident and I know I'm going to kick myself, but I'm going to say, Name
0: them today. Oh, um, Holly, can you do me a favor? Can you, because I haven't got pen and paper where I am, I forgot to bring it up. Can you just take a note yep. on how many I say yes to? Uh, yep. Dan, your moment in the sun is here. You need to name 18. No, it was 14, wasn't it? Uh, can right. you name 14 players from the 1993 94 promotion season squad? Go. And am I allowed, I'm
1: allowed to get any wrong or am I out if I get some oh, wrong? If you get
0: one wrong, Holly wins the point.
1: Okay. Mark Crosley. So I'll get it wrong. Yeah, Mark Crosley. Steve Chettle.
0: Steve Chettle. Des Little. Desi Little. Stuart Pierce. What's weird is on my list, you're naming them in exactly the order that's on the list. So either you're on Wikipedia now.
1: (laughs) I'm going around this team in my head and I went forward and then right and now I'm going all the way left and I'm leaving the fourth defender till last because I had a horrible feeling that he might not have been there that year.
0: Yeah, I would have done the same with that but I think I know what you're saying. So you've gone Crosley, Little, Chettle, Pierce. Cooper, done. He signed. No, he did. Yeah, Cooper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right now it gets difficult in the midfield because there's a few, yeah. few creeping in. Scott Gemmel.
0: Scotty Gemmell, never stood still. That's what I got told once. Yep, correct. Ian Wone. Super Ian Wone. If I repeat them, by the way, it's right. I'm not just saying that. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> That'd <be> really <laughs> for like, yeah. uh, He Wohan. wasn't. Uh, Steve Stone.
0: Yep, Steve Stone.
1: Right. Um, Stan Collymore. Yes. What am I on? How many am I on? I should know this. Um,
2: you on oh, nine, Dan.
1: Nine. nine. nine five. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get here now. I've, I've had a complete mind blank on that. Are oh, you are.
0: Mate, this
2: is easy.
1: Lars Bohinen. Bohinen. Yep. Now, who else was there that year in midfield?
0: Holly, can you just tell us when it's one more to go? Because uh, I'm just going to view Okay. He's on ten, right? Yes.
1: Okay. Jason Lee.
0: He had a pineapple on his head, and it's true. Jason Lee, eleven.
1: Paul McGregor. Oh damn! Yes. Um, the other youngster, how? First name. Steve.
0: <laughs> no. It's, I always oh, thought God, this was I the guy I who ended up Bobby managing Howell, God, it's Bobby Howe I'll let you uh, are we alright with him having that one Paul yeah we're going to give him that one Bobby Howe I always thought that was who ended up being the bomber manager for years yeah
1: I did I, was, I got a picture in my head
0: yeah like, um, like, was like Brian Adams used to be the drummer in the Eagles oh, what a dick that's wrong um, go on so it's one more One it's yeah, one more Yeah. really come on man there's loads here isn't there yeah oh, it. what
1: um harland
0: there i'll go alfinger harland for the point alfinger harland was in the squad <laughs> well done Dan. well done uh the ones you were missing were uh i'm gonna go through this lee glover oh yeah it's lee black the subkeeper tommy right uh utility man david Phillips. I um, remember being away at Grimsby Town, couldn't get back to the toilets because there were so many fans there near the end of the season, so I had to pee up against the wall, the uh, 12-year-old me, and they were knocking around a big Mr. Blobby with Web 8 on the back. In fact, it was one of the white away shirts from 91, so it's probably worth a bit, and it had like a crayon Web 8 on the back. Neil Webb. Uh, Robert Rosario um, was there. Uh, Jason Lee, as you mentioned, Brian Laws was still in the squad. Gary Crosby was still in the squad. So was still a bit of a, you know, fag end of the cluffy era still here. Gary Bull was there. Steve Blatherwick, quick Steve Blatherwick story. I once went to see Chesterfield play Reading with some mates at uni who were Reading fans and then we went in the Reading end and Blatherwick, I think was playing for Chesterfield and all game I kept saying, Blatherwick, you shit. Every time there was a corner and no one could work out why this random bloke was having to go at Steve Blatherwick and then about <laughs> the eight corners anyway, she went, fuck off. <laughs> Anyway, that's my stoic story. Uh, Carl Tyler, uh, Lee Harvey. Actually, that's one I want to got. I know he shot JFK, but he also played for Forest. Uh, Vancy Warner was in there, and the one I definitely want to got. Ian Kilford. Sorry, Ian, if you're listening, I've no idea who you are. Um, but well done, Dan. Uh, Holly, how do you think with the names gone? Would you have got the fifteen if you'd gone for it? Do you think? Yeah, I think I would
2: actually.
0: yeah Yeah, I'm (laughs) sorry about the two I didn't know so we are going to move on to a glorious season Uh, I just thought we'd be a bit positive about the seasons and it's Holly you're going to go first with the guests it's the 1997-98 season when we won the league and there was 39 players in the squad a lot of forwards actually compared to these I mean Christ you would take half of these now Um, 39 Holly it's a glorious season. I was mm, 15, 16. Indy was in full swing. A great time to be alive. Well, yeah. Um, how many are you going to go for out of 39?
2: Again, I'm not very confident with this either.
0: Are you too busy wearing your Adidas show towels?
2: I was at that point. I think this was, although it was a, a glorious season, I, I, a lot of the players I can't, other than the obvious, I'm going to struggle with with this. I so think
0: be bad, oh. I think whatever you think you're gonna go for add four trust me
2: no i'm gonna to have to go quite low i'm gonna go six I'm, I'm really six yeah
0: dan do you i'm gonna go seven then oh <laughs> now that's either because he's not confident or he just thinks she's gonna make that easy for me okay there is a lot more youngsters on this list i really
2: can't remember half the players this could you awesome. remember
0: the first team in 97 98 what sorry the first team alone could you like if i said what were the 11 in the team that got us up that season roughly because that might help you. That'd give you eleven at
1: least. No,
2: I'm going to ask Dan to name them because
1: I can't. I can't remember half of them. a seven for a 2 lead. Here we go. You, seven. All right, I'm going to start off with the ones that I think were still there from the last one that I've just named. Cheeky. All right, so we're going to go Mark. Cro- I'll rattle these off fairly quickly. Tell me if any of these are wrong. Crossley. Yeah. Yep. Cooper. Chettle. Yeah. Stone. Wone. Yeah. Gemmel and then yep Kevin Campbell Super Kev yeah so these are newer ones Jeff Thomas yep what am I on
2: you're on nine anyway she already smashed it alright
1: and then I'll throw in a, a cheeky one then go on one of my favourite players from that season Marco Pascolo great shout yeah
0: um, I'm going to give you the rest of them for anyone listening Dave Besson obviously uh so, that mean, Crosley can't have really played much that season because Besson was the keeper I would have associated with that promotion. Lots of ways. Um, Mark Goodlad. Goodlad. Uh, another keeper there. Um, we had Andy Dawson, Michael's brother. Uh, Des Little was still there. Alan Rogers. Stuart Tom, spelt T-H-O-M. Chris Doig. He's here. He's there. It's Thierry Bonnellaire. John Olaf Hilde, Chris Allen. There's a name. I forgot about Chris Allen. Craig Armstrong. A uh, fine head of hair on him there, Dan. Do you not agree? Yeah. Uh, Chris the Bartman Williams, uh, Richard Cooper, John Finnegan, Richard Hodgson, and Bobby Howe was still loitering around before he'd gone into management. Steve Melton... Um, see they're quite hard some of these. Uh, Andy Todd, uh, Christian Edwards, remember when, back of the post when we signed him. Welsh lad one from Swansea, I think. Glyn Hodges, another Welshman, and Andy Johnson, who I always just wished I looked like, I thought he's a great-looking man. Uh John Burns, Irish player, Gareth Eds, Australian. And then look at this as a strikers. I mean, even if you start with Carlos Marino, I think he went on and did all right in the end or did something. Pierre Van Hoydonk, David Freeman, Ian Moore, as we knew him, or Ian Thomas Moore, Paul McGregor was still there, Marlon Harewood, Steve Guinan, and of course, Kevin Campbell, as you mentioned. Dan, you've taken a 2-0. And there's less players in this one. It's the final one of these. I'm going to move on to the sound clips. 31 players were in the squad, which reached the playoffs under Paul Hart and lost in heartbreak to Sheffield United. So it took me a while to even work out what bloody year this was. It was 2002-2003, I think. (laughs) You know, I'm like with Wikipedia. That's when you know when you're getting old. The other ones, I could tell you, 97-98, you know, easy. So the season when we reached the playoff final, Uh, Christ what the hell am I talking about we've never done that Uh, when we've Sheffield United in the playoffs uh, and we're starting with you Dan what's your opening gambit of the 31 post
1: yeah this is this is after I went off to university and forgot everything Um, (laughs) one of
0: them was it (laughs) anyway so it doesn't matter I mean it's just a bit I'm going
1: to say there's some names here by the way yeah those are all the big ones but I'm I'm going to say five Five. I want Holly to name this time.
0: Yeah, no, I, I want Holly to just go 31, actually. I worked uh, with a lot of these lads. Uh...
2: This was when I moved to London, so my I was very much... Um...
0: We were all in exile by then, were we? <laughs>
2: yeah. um, I remember, yeah, I, I'm rubbish with this one as well. I'm going to go three you got go at five, didn't
0: you? Sorry, I've got to go higher than that. I, that just name, name them, because I,
2: honestly, I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm going to go with less. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, Dan, yes. I mean, that's how bad I am at this game. <laughs> you, who's wishing Lisa was here all of a sudden? Dan, name five players.
1: All right, Des Walker. You'll never beat him. Andy Reid. Uh, of course. I'm just working from that playoff game. Um, I'm trying to remember who did anything in that. Um, Marlon Harewood. Of course. Um, was Skimaker still there? Ricky Skimaker? Got a Skimaker, yep. One uh, more. And, and um, Michael Dawson.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just really written, really weird on my thing. I'm like, they've done it in squad number order. I was like, well, why the fuck is he not? Okay, yeah, of course, that's five. I'll go for the rest of them for those of you who give a shit. Uh, Darren Ward in goal. Mathieu Louis Jean, right back, of course. Uh, Jim Brennan. Uh, Desi Walker as you mentioned Hjelda was still there Darren Hookerby on loan from Man City uh, Gareth Williams David Johnson uh, for those of you who don't know that's Brennan has a father and that's who it was uh, Jack Lester, the only decent Leicester uh, Barry Roche uh, Chris Doig was still there John Thompson Eugen Bopp. um, Brian Cash actually a lot of these names really do ring a bell a lot more than I thought they would uh, Craig Westcar uh, Davy Oyen there's a name for you a Belgian player Ian Jess or Ian Jess whichever you want to say it's Scottish uh, Benjamin Gavanon on loan from Marseille. There's one that went straight over me. Uh, Matt Bodkin, James Biggins, Richard Jeffrey, youngsters. Uh, Pascal Foreman, uh, my absolute hero. I can't believe he didn't play more in this. Tony Vaughan, an absolute potato of a nutcase, if you ever see him. Uh, Christian Edwards was still there. michael Antoine Courier. Well, there's a name for you. If anyone remember that one? Uh, Gregor Robertson, and of course, a youngster playing at number 36 called wes Morgan. There you go. So, Dan, you've got an absolute whitewash in those three, but, you know, a bit like I would say if I was in Holly's shoes, I don't really give a shit. It's nice to be here. Uh, So now we're going to move on to the audio section where really this could be a whitewash. So I'm going to give you a little tiny clip of a player talking. Forest player, obviously. Just, yeah, this, is, this is Ronaldinho. Um, <laughs> that would be an awful thing to listen to. Ronaldinho reading children's books for some reason. And, and you're going to get one guess. And it, I might just cut it short or whatever. And in terms of the clip. And then if you don't get it, the other person gets a go. So um, it was Dan. So it's Holly, you're first. Now you can have numbers one, two, three, four, or five.
2: Number one, please.
0: You're going to go for number one. So hopefully, if I've done all this correct, this should be able to play for you now. Who Holly is this? Obviously, the first two months were the hardest. Um, uh, I couldn't really move uh, much, although
1: I was encouraged to get up on my feet. Um, it would ache after a while, and and you know it was it was a hard couple of months. Holly, is that talking?
2: That is uh,
0: none other than Arsenal flock, Mr. Aaron Ramsey. It is Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> Holly, it's 3-1. Don't call it a comeback, baby. Uh, so let me just oh. shut that one off so I know that you've done that one. Dan, you've got two, three, four or five? Five, please. She's gone for number five. I didn't mean to say she. That was all I was She's <laughs> uh, Number five, here we go. So, yeah, you know, just to be at Wembley itself is an is absolute dream. And uh, to score the winner, you know, it's just
1: unbelievable. It must have been a nasty moment.
0: That's what I'm giving you. That's a nasty one, isn't it? It's hard because I can't see the clip, as it were. So I've got to stop it there because I think they say his name. So, um, yeah, that's what,
1: um, I'm going to go Nigel Jemson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good it. He's a lot more Yorkshire than I uh, had him down for. Um, Holly. It's now gone four one. So if Dan messes up his you know, you got a chance, you're in with a chance. So Holly, you've got numbers two, three, or four. Number
2: four, please,
0: Ryan. You've gone for number four. This I'm keeping this in for now, on, by the way. I think this is a great section. Uh number four. Here we go. I love seeing how the Academy runs. It's been eighteen months really since I've been working with them properly. I'll just I mean, I know because I can see the tears in your face that you know who that is. Who is it? Who?
2: Oh, if Lisa could have been here, it's none other than Chris Cohen.
0: It is my captain. Oh, my captain It's Chris Cohen. So it's now gone for two. So just, it'd be lovely, Dan, if you get this one wrong, because then we've got a bit of a quiz, but no, I don't want you to always trying to tear Holly apart as well. Uh, you've got numbers two or three, Dan. What are you going for, mate? Number three, please. Number three. thing is, I've just numbered these with names, so I actually can't remember who the hell they are. Here we go. You obviously won the personal plaudits. You were man of the match. How pleased were you with your individual
1: performance today? Yeah, I was happy to, you know, get, in that, get a hundred and twenty minutes into my bout. You know, and I felt good out there. And wait, <laughs> let's go. Fair enough. <laughs> oh! I shouldn't
0: have give you the end.
1: Yeah, it's the, the end of the giveaway. That. I was trying to stop I it. That clip I com- now, but I cannot for the life of me remember who it was. So who who appeared at the end? The old Billy Davis. Yeah, the little shit turned
0: up and pushed the player out of the way. Did and I, I know I'm going to have to pass oh, on. This is what everyone wanted. This is the moment. Holly, do you know who it is if Dan don't get it? I do,
2: yeah.
0: I'm going to have to give you five. Four. Three. Jamie Patterson.
2: Oh, no, it was still Dan's guy. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I oh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Don't worry.
1: No, I, I did as well. I, I was never getting that.
0: So. Yeah, that's for those of you who Then this is Jamie Patterson being interviewed and Billy Davis comes along and pushes him out of the way. Here we go.
1: You man of the match. How pleased were you with your individual performance today? Yeah, I was happy to, you know, get, in that, get a 120 minutes into my bout, you know, and I felt good out there and...
2: right, let's go. <laughs>
0: Little shit. <laughs> so, Holly, uh, for a chance to make it uh, for all and to uh, a lovely answer to the quiz. I actually can't remember who the hell this is. Here we go. Yeah, really, really excited. Uh, yeah, just happy to be here and play in front of uh, the best fans in, in championships. So uh, that's going to be fun. So oh,
2: terrible one. I mean, oh, I, I left know that it one. to you. I know
0: that one. You know it. Yeah.
2: It sounds Dutch. Okay. Am I on the right
0: lines? No, you can't.
2: I give
0: can't any say that. No, This is this. Is, this is for everything being level. Oh, I
2: rec- I definitely recognise his voice. Definitely, definitely.
0: I'm going to give you in my head oh. ten seconds.
2: So close, like so close.
0: I'll go back again, hold on. Really, really excited. Uh, yeah, just happy to be here and play in front of uh, the best fans in, in championships.
1: So. Is
2: it Michael Heffley?
0: Dan, is it Michael Heffley?
1: I think it's Philip Zinkanagel.
0: <sighs> it's the Zink. Oh. I put in a modern one there. Sorry about that. Dan, no. you by my three. Holly, let's give him a little round of applause. now. not Thank you. So, yeah, uh, we're going to have more of that. I think that's a success and I feel everyone should have uh, been involved in that. Holly's got something similar coming up, I do believe, with some little quotes and stuff in the future. No pressure there, Holly, but it's now on the podcast. Um, But yeah, guys, I just want to say thank you for joining me. It's not the easiest one to do in some ways because we're kind of discussing, you know, a lot of it about the ethos and the mentality of us as fans and our football club. Uh, But I'm glad that we got those little bits in at the end. I think uh, we're finding our straps regarding what this quiz should be. And I think it's got to be audio and more Billy Davis, been a douchebag um so dan thank you uh and all the best uh with everything you do for the rest of your day because we're all going to bed now uh but it's been nice to see you and holly thanks for joining us and we will see you next week uh when we will oh and maybe not next week because we've got international haven't we so anyway whenever you listen to this we will see you for number five but thanks a lot and uh, you reds